Hey, People's Church, how are you today? Everybody doing good? It's good to be in God's house today, and I'm excited about one night. You want to make sure that you are there here at People's Church. I like to set like this. We're one church in five different locations, and the three locations right here in the Oklahoma City metro area are going to converge together next Sunday night. You want to get here for the pre-party. There'll be uh, free food, and we're going to hang out in fellowship. We're going to have powerful worship. It's one of the most electric nights of the year, and then I'm going to cast strong vision to you. We have a free gift we're going to give everybody. It's just going to be a great, great night. You don't want to miss one night next week, and today... I'm kicking off a series called Taking Ground, and I am elated about this series. I could almost take off running right now because I'm just, I am fired up about this series. I believe this, and I want you to believe this for your own life because it's true. Some of you don't believe it, but I'm going to speak it over your life right now. Your best days are ahead of you. I said your best days are ahead of you. The best is yet to come. Some of you don't believe it, but I'm telling you the truth. You say, Pastor, I'm 99 years old, but you're still breathing because God's not done with you yet. Your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. And I want to talk to you for the next several weeks on how to take ground. There's more ground for you to take. There's more God wants to do in you and through you. There is more for God to do in you in your life and through your life. I want to teach you how to take ground. Really the key verse for this series, if we were just going to pinpoint one verse to kind of describe the series, it's right here in Joshua chapter one and verse number six. And God says to Joshua, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore, the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. God says, I got a land to give you. God always has a promised land for our life and for our church. God always has an individual promised land and a corporate promised land. All throughout the Bible, you see God's individual promised land as he had a promised land for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He had a promised land for Joseph. He had a promised land for Moses. He had a promised land for Deborah and Rahab and Esther. He had a promised land for David and Nehemiah. He had a promised land of the New Testament for Peter and Paul and James. God's always had an individual promised land. And then he's always had a promised land for his people. As you read the Bible, the children of Israel in the Old Testament, God had a promised land for the entire nation of Israel. And then you look in the New Testament and God had a promised land for his church. Even in the early, in the book of Acts with the early church, God had a corporate promised land. And it's not just true in Bible days, it's true today. God has a promised land for your life. God has a preferred future for your marriage, for your singleness. If you want to get married or remarried, God has a promised land for your future marriage, for your dating. He has a promised land for your money. He has a promised land for your career. He has a preferred future for your kids, for your grandkids. God has a promised land for your life. And God has a promised land for our church. He has a preferred future. He has a destiny for our church. And God's promised land for our church is amazing. It's spectacular. It's unbelievable. It would blow your mind if you knew all that God had planned and prepared for your life and for our church. 
The scripture says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Is there anybody at church today that loves the Lord? And I'm just telling you, if you love the Lord, God has mind-blowing things that he's preparing for your life. He has mind-blowing things that he is preparing for our church. The greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit we have not experienced yet in our church. Listen, God's going to send revival. We're going to see unprecedented life change, unprecedented growth. Oh, God's been good to us, but our best days are still ahead of us. Oh, some of you don't believe the Bible, but the scripture says this in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 20. Now to him, talking about God, now to God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Friends, I'm telling you, God wants to do more than you can even think ask or dream of he's that kind of God some of you don't even believe me right now you're saying no you must got a trick Bible does it really say that oh it says that it's in your Bible too he wants to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can think or ask of would you help me today just turn to your neighbor and just tell him get ready go ahead and just tell him get ready get ready get ready come on get ready God's got a promised land for you he's got a promised land for our church our best days are ahead of us there's a promised land, but we can't give in to our flesh. Our flesh will keep us from the promised land. First, our flesh doesn't like to move forward. Our flesh doesn't like change. Come on, you sit in the same seat every Sunday. Drive the same, same way to church every Sunday. Eat in the same restaurant every Sunday. Have the same food every Monday. We, we, we don't like change we like things to be comfortable even if it means missing out on the promised land and God told Israel I've got this promised land for you I've got a preferred future for you and then God sends Moses and Moses talks to Pharaoh the most powerful man on the planet and 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 and, and, and he God uses Moses to to take Israel from Egyptian bondage 400 years of slavery he leads them out of Egypt they, they, they cross the Red Sea on dry ground and then they get on the other side and then the Bible says that their flesh begin to rise up and I want you to see what Israel says it's not just once they say it several times I'm just pulling one passage of scripture out and I want you to notice how our flesh doesn't want to go forward into the promised land numbers chapter 14 verse 1 says that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing us up, bring us, us to this land only to, to let us fall by the sword? Well, he's not trying to do that. Our wives and our children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go on back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back Egypt they told the great leader Moses they don't want to go to the promised land they tell Moses we want to go back to Egypt back to slavery friends can I tell you our flesh is crazy it's crazy they said let's choose a leader and go back to Egypt news flash 
warning. You don't need a leader to go back to Egypt. Just go on back. You got to have a leader that will take you forward into the future that God has for you. It don't take a leader to take you backwards. It takes a leader to take you forward. And, and the flesh will lead you right back into slavery. It will lead you right back into bondage. The flesh will cause you to settle. It will cause you to do what's comfortable. It will cause you to do what's easy. And some of you today, hear your pastor, you're comfortable in misery. You're comfortable in bondage. You're comfortable in average. You're hearing the message right now and you're thinking, I'm good. I don't want to go to the promised land. I'm good. I'm thinking, no, no. As your pastor, I'm not going to let you settle. I'm here today to provoke you, to stir you, to push you. I'm here to tell you I want to lead you forward into the great future that God has for your life and for our church. And even as a church, it would be easy for us to settle. You know, it would be easy, you know. Success has a way of making people settle. Well, look, Pastor, God's been good to us. We're 17 years old. We've got more locations around and in two different states. and Lives are being changed. You know, Pastor, I think we're good. Let's just, let's be comfortable. Let's, let's relax. Let's, let's take it easy. And you know what happens to a lot of churches? Their memories become bigger than their dreams. And whenever a church's memories become more powerful than their dreams, they start to die a slow death. Come on, we've all seen that in churches before. They start dying a slow death. And when churches, when churches, their, their memories become bigger than their dreams, they, 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 they just start taking it easy. They lose focus on the Great Commission. They start fussing and fighting with each other over silly stuff. And, I mean, ch churches start turning in and they lose focus on the very fact that Jesus came and he died for a lost and hurting world. The only reason Jesus has not come back for his church is he wants more people to be saved. Jesus is not waiting for another church potluck dinner. He's trying to reach a world who needs to know him as their Lord and Savior. And we're not done. We're not going to lose focus on the Great Commission. Did you realize right here in the buckle of the Bible Belt, there are 465,000 people in the Oklahoma City metro area who do not go to church. 465,000. You were a pastor, that means there's a whole lot that do. Yeah, yeah, 67% say they go to church. And I did use the word say. <laughs> say they go to church. Because I pastor you. And some of you say you go to church. And I see you about once a quarter. Amen. <laughs> I love you. Uh, four times a year. I'm glad you're here. But I'm saying everybody that checked that survey not telling the truth. And I'm saying there's a lost and dying world who doesn't even know Jesus, who doesn't even darken the doors of a church right here in the Bible Belt. And we're going to do everything that we can to reach a lost and hurting and dying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana. Did you realize there's 670 to 80,000 people in the Indianapolis metro area where we have a location that do not go to church? 680,000. Sometimes I think as a church, we get impressed by who's coming. 
God is not impressed by who's coming. I thank God that thousands of people come to our church and worship every single Sunday. But God is not impressed by the thousands who's come. The thing that moves the heart of God is who's not here yet. Who's still lost. Who still has not been found. Who still does not experience, has not experienced forgiveness and grace and the mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are not done. We're just getting started. You see, there's an advantage when a pastor starts the church young. See, we started People's Church when I was 26. We're 17 years old, but the good news is I'm only 44, somebody. I got a lot of energy and a lot of vision, and we're just getting started. Our best days are ahead of us. We're going to take ground. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 says, He said to them, Jesus, go into all the world right before he left earth and went to heaven. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. God has not called us to stay. He called us to go and reach a lost and hurting world. He's called us to take ground. We cannot lose focus on the Great Commission. There are still people in Oklahoma, in, our, in, in Oklahoma City, in our state, in our nation, in our world who do not know Jesus Christ. And we are called to go. Everybody shout go. go! And that's exactly what we're going to do. I want to cast some vision to you today. In People's Church, we're getting ready to start a sixth People's Church location in 2020 because we're going to go reach more people. You say, Pastor, where is the location going to be? When are we going to launch it? And who's going to go? I'm going to tell you next week at one night. So, so be there, be there. But I'm going to talk to you about this sixth location that we're going to launch next year in 2020. And let me tell you, once we launch that location, it's in our hearts to continue to reach more people and launch a seventh location and an eighth location and a ninth location and a tenth location to reach people who are far from God. Right now, we have some business leaders in our church that I've already talked to who know exactly where we're looking to launch our sixth location. And we are looking for property or a building to buy near the area we're starting our sixth location. And they're actually looking right now, right, right around the area, we're looking to put that sixth location. And they've actually been sending us emails and texts and letting us know properties they're looking at because we're looking. You say, what happens when we buy it? Well, well we're, we're going to move into a temporary location for this sixth location. But we want to get the land or building now, although we may not renovate or build on it for two or three years from when, once we launch the location. But can I tell you, God's not making any more land. That's all there is. And so if we can scoop up ours, we want to scoop it up in Jesus' name to be, prepared, to, be, to be prepared for our future. Let me tell you a third thing that we are working on as a church. Number three, we are aggressively looking to buy land or to build a, or, or a building for our Indianapolis campus. We're looking to buy land or we're looking for an existing building for our Indianapolis campus. I do have great news. You don't get to see that campus, but that location meets in a middle school. It's been going about four years now. It's a little over four years, and we've got around 550 to 600 people that go on a Sunday. So it's probably around 1,000 to 1,500 people that call that church their church home right now or more. But, but on a Sunday, about 550 to 600 people that meet in that middle school. And here's what statistics say, and we know this to be true. Statistics say once a church moves out of a temporary location, like a movie theater or a, or a school that they're meeting in temporarily, 
Once a church moves into a permanent facility, within the first six months, a church doubles in size. That's just what statistics say. And we've seen that at People's Church. When, when we were meeting at the movie theater, we started in 2002 at the Quell Springs Mall movie theater. And we bought a piece of property right here, this piece of property on Britain Road. And we bought this property back in 2004. And then we started building a facility. And we were running by the time we moved into this facility in April of 2006, the church was running, uh, probably averaging right around 700 people, maybe high 600. We would have Sundays that would be 800 or so people, but the average was about uh, around high 600s, low 700s. And when we moved into this first facility, about 17,000 square feet right here at Britain Road, the church had over 1,000 people day one, never went under 1,000 people, and then just quickly went to 1,200 people, 14 people, 1,500 people, we began to reach the same preacher, the same worship, but a facility, a location really does matter. So we want to get Indianapolis into a location because we know God has so much more he wants to do in Indianapolis and to make a dent in that 680,000 people who do not yet go to church or know Jesus. Here's a fourth thing that we're going to do. Here's a vision I want you to know. We're going to keep meeting needs through our local, national, and global missions. So as we start new locations and buy property, I want you to know that we're going to continue to support those 100 kids in Haiti that we're giving a Christian education to and food and blessing them. We're going to continue to ch start churches around America and the world. We're going to continue to support missionaries all around the world and preach the gospel around the world. And here's what I want you to do. Write this down. Put it in your phone, but don't go visit the website yet. Wait till after church. If you do it while I'm preaching, the Lord's going to get you. I don't want the Lord to get you, okay? So don't do it now. Go visit the website, buildthedream.tv, buildthedream.tv, buildthedream.tv. At that website, you see the projects I'm talking to you about. You see what we're doing around the world. I encourage everybody who loves their church to go visit that website, study it, pray over it, see what the Lord would have you do to make the vision come to pass, buildthedream.tv. I want to share with you two qualities we must possess to take the promised land. Is there anybody besides me that wants to take the promised land? Come on, is there anybody else? Come on, the rest of you, let's act like you want to go there too. We're going to take the promised land. Two qualities we must possess to take the promised land. I want to show you right here out of this text. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Because you will leave these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors and, and, and to give to them. Be strong and courageous. That means to take the promised land, we need to be firm. We need to be strong. We need to be stout. We need to be resolute. We need to have bold action. God told Joshua, if you're going to take the promised land, you, there's got to be a boldness and a, and a courage on the inside of you. And for us to take the promised land, we must be strong and courageous. And in this text... There are three critical statements attached to be strong and courageous. I, I just had never seen this before. Read the word of God all the time. But as I studied this, it was so powerful. Three different statements attached to be strong and courageous. And I want you to see this because if we're going to take the promised land, these three statements attached to being strong and courageous need to be in our own life and in our church. Number one is this. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people. That's the first statement. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead the people to inherit the land. Not anybody else. Joshua, you will. 
and really referring to Moses. Moses is not going to do it. This was huge because Moses is dead. We're talking about the great leader Moses, his mentor, his hero, his leader is dead. And Joshua is thinking, can I fill the shoes of Moses? We're talking about Moses who, 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 who God you spoke to through a burning bush. We're talking about Moses who threw down his staff and it turned into a snake and picked it back up and it turned back into a rod, to a staff. We're talking about Moses who confronted the most powerful man on the planet named Pharaoh. We're talking about Moses who led a million plus people uh, the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage he put out his staff and the Red Sea parted and they marched through on dry ground we're talking about Moses who led the people into the desert and he called to God from for food from heaven God rained down manna so he could feed the people Moses touched the, the rock with the staff and water came gushing out of the rock so that a million plus people could drink water and not die of thirst we're talking about Moses he's dead how can we go to the promised land? And, and, and Joshua has to be thinking to himself, God, the promise must have died with Moses. And God said, no, 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 no. Moses is dead, but the promise is not dead. Just because he died doesn't mean the promise died. You're still going to the promised land. And today, some of you need to know, just because something died in your life, doesn't mean God is not going to take you to the promised land. Just because a dream died, a season died, a relationship died, a job died, does not mean God's not going to take you to the promised land. You can still go to the promised land. Don't let the death of something zap your strength, zap your energy, cause you not to move forward. Let me tell you what you need. Be strong and courageous I know they left you I know they talked about you I know it didn't work out like you wanted it to I know that thing died in your life and didn't turn out like you thought it would but you can still go to the promised land if you will be strong and courageous number two is this I want you to see a second critical statement attached to be strong and courageous number two be strong and courageous to obey God's word to obey God's word. Notice in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 7, he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the left, to the right, or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, in your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful when it comes to obeying God's word scripture says this we need to be very courageous the other two statements he doesn't say that but when it comes to obeying God's word he says be very courageous why because your success my success our success as a church is tied to us obeying God's word and it takes being strong and courageous to obey God's word when the culture is not obeying God's word it takes being strong and courageous to obey God's word when your flesh does not want to obey God's word it takes being strong and courageous to obey God's word when there's some other Christians around you who don't want to obey who don't want to obey God's word? It takes being strong and courageous. And God says three things to Joshua. And he says the same things to us about being strong and courageous. He says be strong and courageous to obey all of God's word. In other words, don't rip out parts of the Bible. 
And I know some of you have too much respect for the Bible to rip out parts of the Bible, but you don't do it physically, but you do it mentally. Well, I'm not doing that one. I don't like that verse. I'm not doing that verse. No, no, obey all of the Bible. Your success depends on it. He says, be strong and courageous to speak it and to meditate on it day and night. God is saying you got to devour God's word. You got to saturate yourself in the word of God. You need God's word more than you need food and water. It is that critical to your life. You got to devour God's word, read God's word, study God's word, speak God's word, quote God's word. I mean, thank God for the day we live in. Now you can listen to God's word. You can just put play and listen to God's word. I'm saying you've got to get God's word in you if you're going to experience the promised land. God's word is so key. Number three, he says, be strong and courageous not to turn to the right or the left. No matter what you're facing, don't turn from God's word. Let God's word be the final authority, not culture, not popular opinion, not movies, not music, not your friends. Let God's word be the final authority no matter what you face in life. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. You say, why, pastor? Why is the word of God so critical? Well, he tells Joshua, the results of obeying God's word is success and prosperity. God says to Joshua, then you will be prosperous and successful. If you're going to experience the promised land, you've got to obey God's word, all of God's word. And I want to give you three areas. As a church, we must obey God's word to take the promised land. Oh, I want you to take it. Our church is going to take the promised land. Three areas. Number one is this. Pray like never before. Church, I want you to hear your pastor. I'm very serious when I say this. My heart is burdened right here. And I want to sow something into your life. Everything is more spiritual than you realize. The battles that you are facing are more spiritual than you realize. The battles and the struggles that maybe you're facing in your friendship or your marriage or in your dating, in your family, in your finances, in your workplace, or maybe it's in your health, in your body, or in our nation, in our world. The battles we are facing are way more spiritual than we realize. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 12 says, for our struggle, our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. That's what you think. You think it's your neighbor. You think it's your boss. You think it's your friend. You think it's the employee. You think, you, you, you think it's your child. No, the, 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 our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Listen to me, church. We have to pray because it's a spiritual battle. We have to win the battle on our knees. We have to win the battle in the unseen before we can win the battle in the seen. I'm telling you right now church the battles you're facing are way more spiritual than you think they are and some of you are not winning because you're not fighting a spiritual battle with spiritual weapons you're trying to fight in your flesh you're trying to fight being carnal you're trying to fight trying to be trying to win an argument you're trying you better get on your knees and pray can I tell you your pastor is praying like never before I know I'm in a battle 
And I'm praying like never before. I'm praying in the car. I'm praying in the morning in my chair. I'm praying at work. I'm praying at lunchtime. I'm praying at dinner time. I'm praying at bedtime. I'm praying every prayer. I know how to pray because I know I got to win this battle in the unseen world before I ever win it in the seen world. I'm telling you, church, what you're facing is more spiritual than you think it is. You got to pray like never before. Can I encourage you? Be at every prayer meeting. January prayer and fasting is going to come. Don't opt out of prayer and fasting. Uh, the battles you're facing are more spiritual than you think they are. Be at prayer and fasting in January. Pray every day for your life, for your family. Pray every day for our, 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 our nation. Pray every day for our world. Pray every day for your church and for your pastors. Pray like never before. Number two is this. A second area. We must obey God's word to take the promised land. That is serve like never before. Serve like never before. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And as people's churches, we get ready to start this sixth location. We need you to step up and serve to make a difference in the lives of other people. I don't want you to live as a consumer and just come and be blessed by the messages and the worship. But would you engage and say, I'm going to make a difference and help build God's church. Can I encourage you? As we get ready to, to launch this location, you're going to hear more about it. I'm going to talk more about this. But I want to sow a seed in your heart that says, you know what, Pastor? Count me in. I'm going to serve like never before to make a difference in the lives of people. It's all about more changed lives. Pray like never before. Serve like never before. Number three, give like never before. Give like never before. If you're new to People's Church, as I talk about this next point, you can just opt out. But yet I want you to really hear what God's doing in our church. But you feel no obligation to participate in any way. I want to encourage everybody today, whether you're a guest or you've been here a long time, with everybody right now, grab the Vision 2019-2020 commitment card out of the seat back pocket near you. Even if you don't even plan on making a commitment, I want everybody to have one of these cards. If you're on the front row, tell the people behind you to hand you one of these cards. If your neighbor right now is not grabbing a card, just look at them. Just stare at them. Just look like, just, I mean, just stare. I, really, I want you to do that. Just look at them. Say, why aren't you doing it? So just everybody grab one of these cars so you can see what I'm talking about. The scripture says this in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24. The world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And here's what I have learned. Our world, our life, our influence, our reach gets larger and larger when we live a generous life. But our life and our world gets smaller and smaller when we try to hold on instead of letting go and investing in God's kingdom. And one of the keys for us to go to the promised land is to be a generous people. And I want us to look at this card together. Here's the first thing I want to encourage everybody who calls People's Church your home. I want you to commit. Would you make a commitment at the top of that card? It says, I commit to tithe 10% of my income. And that goes to the local church wherever you worship. If you're a guest, you go to another church, your tithe belongs to the local church where you worship. And some of you used to tithe and you stopped. Can I encourage you today? Start tithing again and honoring God and obeying his word. Some of you tithe inconsistently. It's, it's every other month, once a quarter you tithe. Would you start being faithful with the tithe? Some of you have never trusted God with the first 10%. Would you trust 
God. Obey his word. He will be faithful to you. Would you start tithing today and trusting God and watch him work in your life? And then I want you to look at the back of the card with me. It says my next steps on the back of the card. My next steps. And here's what I want us to do. Everybody that calls people's church their home. I want you to join Tiffany and I. And first of all, I want you to pray and ask God what he would have you give over and above your tithe in 2019, 2020. Just what, what would God have you to give over this next year as we launch this new campus, which will cost us around $500,000 to get all of the equipment, everything that we need to launch that new location, to acquire a piece of property around that sixth location. It could be a million dollars to two or three million dollars. Our, our Indianapolis location, as we're looking at a place, it could be a million, two, three million to acquire a, a piece of property or a building uh, to, to reach more people for Jesus. And would you pray about what's your part? And then you can see step two. On November the 17th, we're all going to turn in a commitment card. And you can do that on the People's Church app. You can do it online or you can do it with this card. As you pray, and you and your spouse pray, as you pray, if you're single, just you and, your, you and the Lord praying and looking at your budget, looking at what you can do. And then let us know via this card what God is speaking to you to give over and above your tithe. And then step three is on December the 8th, would you give in the miracle offering? Would you bring your best offering and give it? To the Lord. Here's what I've learned about making commitments to the Lord. Tiffany and I have learned this. You give as much as you can, as quick as you can. You put seed in the ground and God begins to supply harvest. And we've been able to meet all of our commitments because we just start giving as much as we can, as quick as we can. And we're going to do that on December the 8th. And to be honest with you, I love these seasons. It sounds kind of crazy, but I really do because we have just seen God do so much in our life and in our church. I remember back when Tiffany and I were moving to Oklahoma City. In January of 2002, we moved here with a dream to start a church. And when we moved here in 2002, we had set money aside, a lot of money, because we just always lived way beneath our means. And so we bought our first house in Missouri for $95,000. And our house payment was really cheap because we wanted to live way beneath our means. And so, man, we were just socking away money. Didn't make a whole lot, but when you don't spend a whole lot, you can save a whole lot. And so we just began to save like crazy. And by the time we moved to Oklahoma City, we had thousands of dollars set aside for this new church. And then we had money in one account. It was $20,000 in a little small investment account. It was our rainy day fund, just as a backup to help us start this church. And we began to give and bought the equipment and sold thousands of dollars to start this church. And can I tell you, today, 17 years later, we still have that same $20,000 set aside in that rainy day fund. Never had to touch it. Never have to. Because God just supplied. I remember at the first, it was called Because Campaign. We were getting ready to build our first building. We bought this 50 acres right here. We were building 17,500 square feet or so. And I remember making a commitment. Because I believe leaders always lead by example. And here we are, my wife and I, 28, 29 years old, stepping out in faith to build this first building. And we made a commitment to give $30,000 above our tithe. And we're young, young family, not making a whole lot. Don't know how we're going to do it. But we just felt God, God spoke to us. And we stepped out in faith in that two to three year campaign. And friends, can I tell you, we begin to give as much as we can, as quick as we can. 
And God, through a young 28, 29-year-old couple, he gave more through us than we could ever imagine. Miracles began to happen because we stepped out in faith. And then when we moved in, a thousand people came and people's lives began to be changed. The church just grew. Friends, can I tell you, at every location you're sitting in, you're sitting at the location because somebody paid for it. You're sitting at the chair today right now because somebody paid for it and now we're going to pay it forward and go reach more people in Oklahoma City and Indianapolis with the good news of Jesus Christ would you pray and ask God Tiffany and I are praying and asking God and we will be investing thousands of dollars over the next year as we just seek the Lord and listen to his voice and begin to give generously number three is this I want you to see a third thing a third thing there's a third statement attached to be strong and courageous number three be strong and courageous instead of afraid and discouraged be strong and courageous instead of afraid and discouraged in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 9 it says have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go taking ground and seizing the promised land is never easy There's always trials. There's always problems. There's always challenges. You have to understand that problems don't erase the promise. There's always problems. Matter of fact, I want to encourage you people, church, don't be afraid of the water. Don't be afraid of the water. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Right when God spoke to Joshua and said, you're going to enter into the promised land, the first thing they had to do is cross the Jordan River. There's this large body of water. And can I tell you, the most difficult step can almost be the first step, just to put your foot in the water. I mean, God, are you going to really come through? Are you going to really do a miracle? And you just got to put your foot in the water, take the first step, and trust God. And they took the first step, and the water parted and they walk through on dry ground there's always problems but you got to take the first step and put your foot in the water take the first step and just start serving and say God I'm going to trust you with my life take the first step and just say God it's the most difficult step but I'm going to start tithing and honoring you or giving above the tithe and honoring you honoring you I'm going to start making a difference in somebody else's life take the first step it can be the most difficult step to take and I want to encourage you with this don't be afraid of the walls Don't be afraid of the walls. Israel has been waiting 40 long years to get to the promised land. They cross the Jordan River on dry ground and they get to the promised land. And when they get there, the wall of Jericho is there. Obviously, the wall was much taller than this wall, but there was a wall in their way. There's always a wall standing between you and the promised land. There's always a wall But problems don't erase the promise. You will always have a wall that you will have to overcome to make it to the promised land. Pastor, what do I do when I face walls? Number three is this. Don't be afraid of the walk. Don't be afraid of the walk. There's always water, the first step. There's always walls. There's always obstacles. And there's always the walk. You got to walk around the wall. And the Bible says that the nation of Israel had to begin to walk around the walls and they marched around the wall the first day nothing happened nothing happened but they had to keep walking around the wall the second day and nothing happened nothing the wall didn't move the wall didn't fall the wall didn't start trembling but you know what they had to do because God doesn't always do it overnight you got to be faithful just to keep walking and trusting God and here's what you know 
when you keep walking, even when you can't see it, he's working. Even when you can't feel it, he's working. You got to just keep walking around the walls. Keep praying. Keep coming to church. Keep tithing. Keep serving. Keep giving. Keep honoring God. You got to walk. You got to walk. You got to walk. You got to walk. I'm talking to somebody today. Don't stop. He's working. The wall is going to come down. But you got to walk. You got to walk. You got to walk. You got to walk. you if you'll walk if you'll walk way maker miracle worker let me tell you that's the God we serve if you'll walk he'll make a way he'll make a way he'll make a way he'll make a way seven times and they begin to shout come on somebody shout come on somebody shout like you got the victory and the wall came tumbling down because even when you can't see it never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working 